Welcome to another episode of the Just a Couple Dudes podcast. I'm your co-host, Eric Flatiger. And I'm your other co-host, Frank Lewandowski. And today we are missing Anthony Cole. But what are we talking about today, Frank? I think we're just doing a little throwback. How it used to be just you and I back in the day. Back in the day. One-on-one. Deep in the trenches. No guests, right? Yeah, no guests today. We're going to talk COVID, how it's affecting us now, now that we're in almost May and how much it's changed, and then some of the repercussions that have happened. Yeah, man. So for people who will be listening to this, uh, right now it's April 29th, so by the time you listen to this, we'll already figure out what kind of is going on, but we still don't know if things will even open up, or how they'll open up. We don't, but we do know other states have started, which is really exciting. Oh, like who? Like the state of Tennessee. Oh. So they've opened up May 1st, where you can go back to work. I'm not sure exactly the restrictions, but it is really exciting. It is, yeah. I saw in Texas, I heard that they're going to start opening up like restaurants, movie theaters, stuff like that, but it's at 50% capacity. Oh, okay. And I heard rumors of that as well here from some local breweries. They were saying the rumors they heard is that stuff will open in Arizona, but like if your max capacity is 70, they're like, you can only have 35 people and they should still be six feet apart. Okay. So how do you sit at a bar six feet apart? How many people can you fit at a bar top? <laughs> also, is it uh, Three economically stable? Yeah. Can a bar still make money if you're going to have exactly, half occupancy? Is it even worth bringing back the staff? That's what I heard. He was like, even if I do that, I'm not going to be able to fit half capacity at six feet apart. Why would I even open? I'm not going to get. And then I'm just going to have customers outside who are pissed off because they can't come in. So that sounds good. But then there's issues. Yeah. Right. That was the same thing with governors making the decision of what to consider essential and what not to consider essential. Right. Yeah. Do you want to give these people and I'm not trying to beat up the governors for doing it, but I don't want that power. And I definitely don't want them to have that power because you think something's not essential. Let's think about it. Eric, what do you think? Do you think alcohol is essential? It's probably not essential. Okay. Why? When I think of the word essential, I mean, is it essential to living? You know what I mean? Okay. Like food's essential because you have to have food. Yes. So you have die. to be able to go get food. Um, gas is essential. Is it? Maybe. I don't know. Energy is essential. Gas is essential. Water is essential. Okay. Um, healthcare is essential. Okay. Maybe a law firm is essential. Maybe. I don't know. But right. is alcohol essential? I don't know. So I'm going to give you the answer. The answer is okay. yes, it is essential. And this oh, is why. Is. Why? Because how many people in the community right now would detox if they didn't have alcohol? And mm. you can die. Yeah. I didn't think about this either. I got this from another podcast I was listening to. I would think alcohol is not essential initially. I'm like, oh, we can live without it. It's a vice, whatever. Yeah. But there are plenty, thousands and thousands of people that could potentially die if they didn't have alcohol for a few days. They would go into seizures and be dead. Some of the treatment actually in the ERs is if they don't want to abstain from alcohol and they want to continue is to keep drinking. Yeah. Isn't there a, no, that's a drug to make you sick if you drink alcohol, right? Yeah. There's not a a drug. drug. There's not like a methadone for alcohol. No, but there's a drug that will make you violently sick. It's called anabuse. It's yeah, not it, used that often. No, not anymore. Um, I and feel now, like that's really rough. Yeah, and now that we have uh, really good treatments like ayahuasca, mushrooms, 
Uh, mushrooms have been shown to like reduce addiction like up to 80% or something like that, 50 to 80%. If you could put that in a pill, which we can, it's called psilocybin, uh, I think that would sell. That'd be I take a lion's mane mushroom supplement. Ooh. Yeah, a powder. Ooh. Look at you. It's supposed that- to be a, it's supposed to be a nootropic. So it's good for your brain, memory, neuroplasticity in the brain. Neuroplasticity. Yeah. Oh wow. Hmm. It's a big word. Isn't that a sexy word? It's such a good word. If you just mm. say those things, you could sell anything. And then if someone asked me one more question about neuroplasticity, I'd be like, you know, well, if you Google it, yeah. <laughs> someone will tell you what it is. Yeah, it just means the brain's able to create new connections and new yeah. growth. Because for the longest time, we used to think that we had, at birth, we were given a certain amount of brain cells mm-hmm. and that it was only going to be reduced. Yeah. I think that's how we look at life, right? With aging. Mm-hmm. But now we have things that can kind of slow, if not reverse aging, which is exciting. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, if you just go 10 years ago, man, we thought the brain was just this debilitating thing that's going to, you know, if you get drunk one night, you lost a billion brain cells. Yeah, and you never get them back. And yeah. Um, but honestly, all jokes aside, there are there are a lot of uh, good clinical studies, I believe, on lion's mane and other mushrooms, um, stuff like that. Although it is, I feel like it's, they like to hide stuff on it. I don't know why. Hide stuff. What do you explain that? Well, not maybe not hide. So like big pharma doesn't want things like mushrooms and these other kinds of plants, things that grow to become the thing people use to cure Alzheimer's and stuff like that. They want to push their Alzheimer's drugs and their, you know what I mean? Their dementia drugs or whatever the hell people take. Well, you got to think about it though. If there weren't drugs, the pharmaceutical industry wouldn't exist. Yeah. So, I mean, so they're, they're it makes sense that they do it, but they have all the money. And then on the flip side of the coin, you have Paul Stamets, Who's an amazing guy. If you don't know who Paul Stamets is, look him up. He's the mushroom guy. He knows everything about mushrooms. Super informational. But, you know, he's he's just a guy, you know, who's on Rogan maybe. And, like, it's him versus $10 billion companies and the big drug pharmas, you know. It's hard. Yeah. Right? And, and I think when you think of a problem, if I go in as a patient, I just want a pill. Like, I wish that was the answer, right? Or I wish it was just a shot. Well, that's what we were talking about with uh, Dr. Bickman, you know, because he was talking about um, a statin and stuff like that and people being prescribed stuff. And I was like, yeah, but it is hard too. I would say for providers, doctors, you know, nurse practitioners, because if you have a drug that could help someone immediately, you kind of have a moral obligation to provide them with that, even though they should make a lifestyle choice as well, you know, to maybe lose some weight or change their diet maybe start exercising but if you do have a pill that you could give them it is changing yeah i mean there are things changing in the medical community a patients are more educated whether good or bad than ever Mm -hmm. right they read about the symptoms and they know about new drugs that are on tv before the doctors do because the doctors are too busy working day to day and these new drugs that the pharmaceutical companies are pushing are having commercials on tv isn't that crazy we're the only country in the world that can like we can uh, have commercials for drugs. I think when you're the only one, it looks bad. It does look bad. I think you should self-reflect and be like, is this a good decision? And those commercials are awful because it's literally like, are you sad? Are you depressed? Do you ever get lonely? Does your back hurt? Does your head hurt? Have you ever been sick? Is your name Bob, Sally, Mark, Sue? 
Does your name start with anything from A to Z? We have a drug for you. Are you one of the 76 genders that could use a pill <laughs> to make a... <laughs> Look at Sally. She's so bad right now. Do you want Sally to be good? And then she's like running through a meadow. Yeah. And it's like, she takes Prilosec OTC or yeah. whatever it is. She couldn't walk yesterday, but yeah. now she can. Yeah. I know, wow. man. It's bad. It Especially is. now during COVID because people mm-hmm. are more, you know, people are stuck inside. People, you know, how many people, I, I see all the home at workout stuff, but how many people are really working out? Probably not a lot. I see some. I think, well, let me, let me reverb that. I think a lot of people are, but I also think... I've already heard tons of people who I know regularly go to a gym. They're like, yeah, you know, I did a couple home workouts, but I'm just going to wait till the gym's back, open back up. So that probably takes a toll on our physical and mental health. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, exercise is rated as the best antidepressant compared to any of the drugs we have. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is go run for a while, right? Yeah. Push yourself. Go for, go for a nice walk. 20-minute walk outside. Mm-hmm. You get full sun. You get some exercise. Vitamin circulation. D has been a huge benefit during COVID. And mm-hmm. it's been shown that if you have a low vitamin D level, you have uh, way more adverse outcomes from it. So mm-hmm. vitamin D is just going to be from getting 10 to 15 minutes a day of sun exposure with no sunscreen. Uh, or you can supplement. And you can actually supplement pretty high. You could probably do you know 5,000 units a day. Mm. Yeah. Or to be safe, the recommendation is 2,000. Yeah. 2,000 a day. And then go with the doctor, see your levels, and see where you're at. Um, there's a reason why seasonal affective disorder is more prominent, meaning like if you live in uh, Greenland, right? They have times of year where they yeah. get no sun, and depression is on the rise during that time. Yeah, like Seattle. Yeah. I mean, Kurt Cobain, it was a rough time. Yeah. I mean, maybe he was murdered, maybe not. Ah. Probably. How do you shoot yourself with a shotgun? That's pretty hard. Yeah, and I mean, he had so much heroin in him. Like, how could he function with that much heroin in him? Well, the thing about heroin is that there's a um, there's no ceiling. Mm. So you can keep going up and up and up and up. There's oh. actually a documentary on Netflix. It was a doc that went to jail. He's in prison. I'm not sure if he's still there or if he got out. And it was really a weird documentary because half of it was he was helping these people. And half of it, these people were just selling the drugs. Mm. So he was guilty. But yeah. there were patients that went to him and swore by, this is what works. But unfortunately, with an opiate, your ceiling is only there for a short period of time. And then you need more. And then you need mm. more. Then you need more and more and more. That's why these people can be on ungodly amounts and not be dead. God, that's crazy. The human body is insane. It is weird. Yeah. Jeez. I wonder if more people are doing heroin during COVID. I think or where do you drugs, get it? I think all drugs are up. I mean, <laughs> there's not one drug that's on how, a recession right now. How hard? I just watched this movie, uh, Get Him to the Greek with Anella, my girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And I was laughing because I totally forgot about this scene where Jonah Hill is trying to find heroin for Russell Brand. And I was, he's like, I don't know where to get heroin. He's like, go get me my medicine. And so then he goes down to the lobby and he's asking the guy like, hey, I'm looking for my friend in a room. Uh... Uh, I, I forgot what room number he's in. He's like, okay, what's his name? He's like, H-E-R-O-I-N. Do you know where I can find that friend? <laughs> he's just like, I was thinking about I was like, yeah, dude, where do you find heroin? Yeah. You just ask. I, mean, I, I wonder if you'd be surprised at like how easy it is to find. Or, oh, it's easy. Or is it hard to find? You no, know? it's easy. Oh. It's easy. Once you go to the right circles, I'm sure it's, it's Oh, really yeah, easy. it's probably really, yeah. yeah. Even cops probably don't care that you buy it because <laughs> they, have, they have bigger fish to fry. 
Oh yeah. Right. They're going to care yeah. about someone that has a, an opiate problem because they hurt their knee and they really like the way opiates made them feel. Yeah. Cause they can't get their back pill stuff anymore from their doctor. Uh, I, I just have a weird view on drugs mm. and I know it. It's so progressive. It's not even people be like, you're crazy. Are you a hippie? Well, it is crazy because you think about legalizing all drugs and it's like, okay, well, I mean, we have a war on drugs. Like all, you know, they're totally illegal. We go at it with violent offenses and crimes and jail time and sentences. And, you know, it's literally been dubbed the war. It's a war. But like, Mm -hmm. has it stopped it? Has it changed it? Has it just not gotten, I feel like it's only gotten worse. So maybe we just try to flip the script. I don't know. I'd be open to whatever because it just seems like nothing's really working. I think that's the biggest part. If something's not working, let's keep looking at it and let's look at different solutions and not scoff at it mm-hmm. when we know our original problem or original solution hasn't worked. It sounds really good to say we're just not going to do them. Nancy Reagan had don't do drugs. Yeah. The dare vehicles and stuff. That's fine. That's okay, but it doesn't work. And then when you start defining what a drug is, you know, something just affects the, I don't even know the official, what is the official definition of a drug? Of a drug? I don't even know. Let's see. A drug is a medicine or other substance that has a physiological effect when ingested or otherwise introduced into the body. That is very vague. That's super vague. I feel like caffeine I was going to say Coca-Cola. Is that a drug? Sugar is a drug. Sugar is definitely a drug. Taco Bell. Alcohol. So what is a drug? Almost everything you put in the body. Yeah, Tylenol's a drug. Other than water, right? Yeah. And if you actually look at deaths, so let's do something. Let's say deaths related to drug use, right? You would be shocked at which ones were the ones that people died of. Oh, yeah. I, I hear there's just a crazy amount of people who die from like aspirin every year. Yep. Like an aspirin overdose aspirin, or NSAIDs. ibuprofen. Here, let's see. Drug overdose deaths per the CDC. In 2018, 67,000 people died of drug overdose deaths, which is more than COVID right now. More than COVID? Yeah. We'll come back to that. To COVID numbers? Yeah. Yeah, we got to talk COVID numbers because, you know, you can't believe the media and also look at the numbers and to someone's line. Yeah. And it's, let's just talk, it's hard to get accurate numbers. It's so hard. It's really difficult. The plus or minus is probably insane. Let's see. I'll keep looking, but I want to go to the COVID portion. So let's talk about some fallacies with it. Okay. What's right. fallacy number one? So fallacy number one is one, the test. The test itself is not great. Mm-hmm. Right. So uh, the test is a nasopharyngeal swab, which has changed. It's been an NP swab, which means it goes back in the nasopharynx. So not just into the nose, it goes very far back, very uncomfortable. You need to twist it a certain amount of times. Make sure you blow out your nose ahead of time. So there's good technique and education that's missing. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've seen as high as like a 30% of the time the test isn't even done right. Because you're depending on a nurse or a tech or whatever to make sure they have the properly educated technique. Mm. And I'm not talking down. I was guilty of initially not doing it necessarily the correct way, and I had to re-educate myself. Wow. And I'm a nurse practitioner. So how many... What's the other thing, too? A lot of... Oh, that would be the uh, false positive, right? Or false negative. Sorry. You have sensitivity and specificity. Specificity. Uh, basically, it's the true positive and the true uh, false. Yeah. Okay. And then based on the test, it's a, uh, let's see what the Corona, Corona MP swab is. And depending on which lab is doing it and all this. So it's really hard to actually get these numbers. And all we want to do as people is talk numbers. 
I know. That's what we want to do. Well, like I said, you know, I was at Cafe Rio getting a taco to go. This guy rolls up. He's just talking about, oh, we got to stand outside. We got to do this. We got to do that. Oh, this is ridiculous. Their line sucks. All this, you know, he's just talking shit about the way Cafe Rio's, you know, set up because of COVID. And I was just, you know, kind of making a comment. And I was like, yeah, I mean, it's so we don't get the flu, right? Just kind of joking, making light of the situation. And he goes, you know, uh, this is actually way more serious than the flu. The flu kills at 0.03%. This will kill you at 4%. And my first thought was, oh, I didn't know I was talking to the the WHO, CDC expert of the whole world. You you know the numbers? Wow. Yeah, that's a great story I ever heard. Can you tell me another one? Yeah, are you, are you on TV? Yeah. And then I was like, okay, so... My first thought was to say something really nasty, which I didn't. My second thought was like, okay, be more cordial, but I still want to say something. So I just looked at my uh, to Anthony, and I was like, hmm, I think in 2018, over 80,000 people in America died from a cold and flu season. That's a pretty high aggressive number. That's a lot higher than COVID. Mm-hmm. But hmm, okay, just a thought. And then the guy, yeah, well, I mean, this is the most, this is the most infectious flu that we've ever had and i'm thinking no well how do you know seriously how do you know you're just talking did you watch like what did you hear that on the news you you listen to one you know quote unquote expert from cnn or fox or something like come on no one knows nobody knows not because not truly. the world experts yeah. who were going before the president and giving briefings a couple months ago said 2 million people would be dead by the end of summer just in America alone. Mm-hmm. And then they backed that down half the number. Then they backed mm-hmm. it down to 140,000. Then they backed it down to 60,000. And now I don't even know what the newest numbers are, but it's like this is all based on random numbers, random projections, random analysis. It's not based in what we're actually experiencing. And that's what's upsetting to me. Well, you're seeing a lot of... Uh, like a lot of our problems in society being put under the microscope during a time of crisis, mm-hmm. right? Our media is has been an issue and is only growing as an issue. Like the media, what are the media's tactics to get clickbait? Right? Yeah, you don't you don't get the newspaper anymore, right? How do we get our news? We get it maybe on TV, which is dying by the way. It's so bad. All the main television stations, if you watch it, I want to know where you get your accurate news me and you were talking about this the other day Eric. yeah like, where can you you're get like it? oh i just make sure i'm really well sourced well what sources are you using who new york times you watch fox and cnn and they're both wrong yeah just because they're on different angles of the topic the way i look at it is if it's a circle they're still outside the circle just at different points mm-hmm. right they're not in the middle where the truth is so just because we try to say it's a right and a left fox and cnn and then in the middle is the answer I don't know if it's that simple either. No. Right? Well, yeah, and I've heard it put this way too. Like if you listen to them both talk about something, someone's got to be lying or they both are, right? Mm -hmm. You can't have, like for example, CNN come right out and say one thing, Fox say the polar opposite, and then half the people believe that CNN's right, they think Anderson Cooper's right, the other half think that, you know, what's his name? Um, God, from Fox News. Sean Hannity is right. You know, it's like they're either both lying, which is probably that's the case. They're both highly exaggerating whatever they're trying to push, or at least a minimum, one of them's lying. 
Yeah. And or, or this is just not accurate, right? Yeah. We want we want answers right away when like let's say we wanted COVID answers. Look how much we've learned. Yeah. Right? We were like, oh, first of all, all the original data came from China. So first of all, you have to hope that China is doing a really got good job of giving accurate information, collecting it and disseminating the world. They're a government ran country. Yeah. Okay. We are a mess too, but we're not completely a dictatorship. No. You know, they have a president that is going to be there for life. It's like a king, right? He just got yeah, reelected. The how long has he been president? Like 20 years? A while, but they just <laughs> overruled the, the rule yeah. that he can, he has no term limits. Yeah. So just think, it's a very different society. Mm-hmm. And we're very far removed from China. The only thing I know about China is I know one person that's been from there, and it's just a whole different world. And just hearing about the healthcare, it's it's nuts. Mm-hmm. You know, we're very lucky compared to them. But then we based all these things, unfortunately, off of China, which we know their results and their data was not good. That's no. why we thought it was going to be six times deadlier. Right? And it's not, thank goodness. But Well, that's the crazy thing is, I'm like, if it is as deadly and infectious and contagious as they say it is, how come in a country like China, in a city, there, I mean, they have multiple cities with more than... Uh, it's over 10 million for sure. I think one of their biggest cities has 58 million. Mm-hmm. They had 4,000 deaths in the country. There's no way. Really? 4,000 no deaths? In yeah. Wuhan, where it started, they have 11 million people in that city. That's almost the size of New York. Yeah. They had 4,000 deaths? It's that deadly. It's the most deadly thing we've ever experienced. It's the most contagious thing we've ever experienced. It's the craziest thing. It's coronavirus. 4,000 deaths in China. Really? That can't be right. It can't it just, be right. Yeah, it doesn't. I've always but you know what else happened? So 4,000 deaths, right, on the record? Off the record, Apple noticed 22 million iPhones went black in China. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean they got shut off? Yeah. Wow. That's 22 scary. million in a month. It was Or like six-week time period. Well, the government They noticed like we just lost 20, like 22 million iPhones or gone oh, they're that's dark scary. Yeah, that's they, creepy china's crazy man. <laughs> like scary. they when the government own is in every facet of society like do the people have power no no oh no like don't. i was telling you earlier i watched this uh you know it's it's always something you know you watch the video right but i saw this this guy he was from the uk he flew to china during this thing because he wanted to you know document what was going on and stuff and he was showing how china's used technology to control and follow people and what i didn't know is that china has more cameras like per square block city block than anywhere else in the world they have cameras everywhere and they have algorithms that do facial recognition so they know and they can track you they also everyone in china just like everyone here has a smartphone and so, except in China, you have government-run, government-limited internet, so they only allow the apps that the government allows. So they, so they have their own texting app that's government-run. Their debit card and credit card banks are tied, because there was only you know the one, to that app. So they know where you're going, they know who you're talking to, and they know what you're buying. So what they were able to do is take data of who was in these hotspots, and like I was telling you, they literally, like, if you look at your phone and you open that app, it'll either be red, green, or yellow. If you're green, you're good. If you're yellow, you were maybe near someone or something that you shouldn't have been around that could have gave you a corona or something. If you're red, you have to stay home. 
and in order to leave their apartment, to leave their city, to leave all these, to enter any building, you literally scan your face or you scan an app. It won't unlock the door. So if you're red and you're supposed to be quarantined, you can't leave your apartment. I mean, I'm sure you could bust out and break out, but then you you know get your right hand cut off. You know, it's like, oh. and I don't know if you've seen the footage, but there was literally footage of police officers or military, whatever they were in China, like running down people, tackling them, arresting them for leaving their homes when they shouldn't be in some crazy oh. stuff. So that's China. At least here in America, you still have people that have the ability to protest. Yeah. Right. And I used to think when I was younger, I used to think protesting was stupid. I was like, what are you doing? Just go to work. Right. Get a job. Get a job. Get a job. This Pay is a funny protest because these people are just asking to go to work. They just, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not like, it's like a bunch of 18 year olds that are in college that don't have bills yet. Mm-hmm. And they're like just protesting like, I don't know, yeah. workers rights or something. Like, mm-hmm. what? You don't even work. Yeah, I know. You're a college yeah. student. These people are protesting so they can go back to work yeah. and pay more taxes. And anyway, it's kind of funny, but we are so lucky in this this country. And you always have to keep that in the back of your mind, I think, because the more power you give to the government, even with the best intentions, you know, we talked about earlier about the governors making decisions. Like in Michigan, they shut down the baby section at Walmart. Mm-hmm. So due to that, a mom couldn't buy a car seat for her kid. To me, that's pretty obvious. It's essential. Yeah. But when she looked initially she's like oh we don't need the baby section i would assume like diapers and formula and stuff but yeah. like oh like clothes i don't i don't actually i don't understand it at all but no matter how good you are and how good decisions it's really hard to not make things essential and to make those decisions because look at it you didn't think it was going to cause a bad repercussion it did well yeah they gave governor Ducey so much crap because initially when he did a stay-at-home order he said haircuts and nail salons were essential because he said i'm going to keep uh what, I forgot what he deemed it as, like self-manicuring places, essential. People should still go to get haircuts. And everyone, that was so bad. I mean, everyone was just attack, 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 attack. And then finally he was like, okay, they're no longer essential. It's, it's not the job you want. You know? Like this guy. It's so bad. Does, you can't, there's nothing you can do right. No. And everyone was mad at him because they're like, you, you were way too slow on the stay-at-home order. You should have done it from day one. Well... Now they're like now there's people protesting him because they want him to open up, but then there's other people protesting that because they're like, no, we need to stay at home another month. I don't like how people God. think the protesters are just being these, like they're being painted and not being mm-hmm. like hardworking, uh, you know, smart mm-hmm. individuals. These are people that have a small business or have a job and they're the owner. They had to lay off, you know, 50%, maybe the entire company right now and their employees, which is basically their family, cannot pay their bills. Mm -hmm. So if you're not going to protest for that, like you can't just judge the protesters and be like, oh, it's just the people that don't care about the COVID. Well, in Arizona, it hasn't really impacted us at all. And if you keep doing it uh, and keep shutting down the economy, you're going to have things that will never come back. And so I don't like the argument that we need to just follow science. That's what yeah. I keep reading. I keep reading doctors like in LinkedIn and, you know, just follow science. Well, what's economics? Yeah. Economics, and I, would, I wouldn't call it science, but econom- economics is actually more uh, certain than science. Like, well, all science, the funny thing about science when people are like, yeah, well, I believe science. I look at the science. Science is a method, right? The scientific mm-hmm. method. It's that, a way. That's the foundation of science. Actually, yeah, is that is it's a way to cross-examine something and test a hypothesis. That's what science actually is. And to continue. 
Yeah. That that's the key. So even if we came up with numbers from the 50s, which we still do this to this day, where do we actually learn how to um, social distance? Yeah. We took it from 1918 in the Spanish flu. Mm-hmm. Much different environments. And there was like two cities that they compared. And it was like St. Louis and Philadelphia. And Philadelphia opened earlier and they or were less restrictive and they had a worse outcome. Right. That's actually part of the way we, we got the social distancing from. Yeah. Right. So we need to understand with science, you're never done. And there's never 100% certainty. No. There's no such thing. The only thing is if you believe in God, that God knows it. So maybe God is sitting up in heaven and he's looking down. And he's like, you know what? You really don't need masks. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, yeah, and that's the thing. That's why I like to bring up that point about science. Is it all science is is a instrument to test things. It's a the scientific method. Because if you just look at science as oh, science is a fact. Okay, well, there was science that said pregnant women should smoke a cigarette and have a margarita in the morning uh, to cure morning sickness. It was a scientific prescribed method. Let's, let's just talk about today. <laughs> Today, we have the World Health Organization that continues to mm-hmm. push. They say no red meat, but they said you should eat vegetable oils. Yeah, that are killing you. That's the World Cancerous. Health Organization. Yep. There actually should be lawsuits against these main uh, governing bodies, like um, the American Heart Association. They said to do low-fat forever. That was un- horrendous, you quote-unquote science. Right. Yeah. Science can be surveys, which is a lot of things. That's a, that's what's considered science. Economics, which I'm not an economic major, but the su- supply and demand curve, that's a hundred percent certain how that works. Mm-hmm. You know, when people argue capitalism versus socialism, right? There's like this right and left effect, which is with all our topics. Yeah. But just basic capitalism means a free market. Yeah. And even if you have socialism, like in Russia, right, where the government puts what the price should be of a product, which you can never get the exact price. You have to let the market do a supply and demand, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, But even there, you have a black market of capitalism. Oh, yeah. You can never fully get rid of it. You can try but you can't fully get rid of it. We have issues here right now with the, the COVID. There are now some people because of the unemployment, are making more with unemployment than they were when they were being paid. Oh, that's crazy. Kind of wild. Now, that's not that's And the not numbers, the too, for unemployment. Like, yeah. 26 million, right? Yeah, like millions of people. Yeah. You tell me how many people are being injured or their sickness, their chronic disease is not being taken care of, right? There's stories of people that have heart attacks and they waited three days to go in. Now they have injury to the heart that will never be healed. And their lifespan is going to be cut by another 10 years. Yeah. Another good point, too, when I was talking to Mayor Ken Wise at Avondale is, uh, you know, he was like, before the stay-at-home order, we had this thing for veterans. It was called, I think it's called the Legion out in Avondale. The American Legion. The American Legion, yeah. And so it's somewhere where, you know, veterans can go and, you know, mental health is such a crazy radical issue in this country, especially Mm -hmm. with veterans. Across the world. How many veterans commit suicide? How many veterans are dealing with depression, you know? terrible mental health diseases and a place like the American Legion is somewhere where they can go. Well, now that's closed and it's like how many people are losing things that they need that they really do need, you know, and it, and it's not to be insensitive to 
people who are at risk for coronavirus or that coronavirus could, you know, it, you know, it could really hurt them, right? Or it could potentially kill them, let's say. But it's to say, like, look, there's another, there's more than just that. There's more than just COVID-19 in the community. There's a whole bunch of other issues. Like, there's people dying at way higher numbers for a lot of things that are being impacted economically because of COVID-19. And, I, like, there's no right or wrong answer. I mean, like, I don't know what the answer is for opening back up and, like, the second wave and the spike and all that. But... I just think that, you know, there's a lot of things to consider. So I think people should have more of an open mind. I mean, even like the governor, like, oh, he was slow to act. Well, he's probably thinking of things like the American Legion. He's probably thinking of things like people who, whose literal, like their livelihood is going to be 100% taken away from them with a stay-at-home order, you know? Well, actually, I have a story that uh, recently I took care of a veteran that is semi, like, intermittently suicidal yeah and he i was talking to him and i sat with him for a while gave him resources and uh i talked to him i was like hey man what's what's up with the veterans crisis line he's like they're actually too busy right now he said because of covid they've shut down some of the resources wow you you tell me how that's that's effective how many veterans right now have a gun in their mouth yeah right and there's people out there that are wearing a mask that might have a cough and you're freaking out you know, mm. oh, you're not behind the line of the subway line. Yeah. You're like, oh, heaven forbid. You know, good good luck because the mask isn't 100% getting rid of it. And you can't, you, another thing they're talking about too is you cannot stop the virus. No, you can't. Right. So there's a thought process that we've delayed herd immunity. And now when you start letting people out in the community that are less likely to have really poor adverse outcomes, you're going to start building that herd immunity. So when a group of people, five people have good, strong antibodies against it, you have less of a chance of spreading it again. And that's why the flu is not as effective every year. Because we have antibodies to it, so certain strains we get stronger against. And then we also have a vaccine that we kind of, we have to estimate every year on what strains we think are going to be the most lethal. Yeah. Again, science is not perfect. You know, we're wrong more often than not. And I think we need to just not rely on science like it's important but it's not a hundred percent it's not a puristic uh result no it's an evolving way of cross-examining hypothesis on things so it's like science says you should wear a mask well no a recommendation is to wear a mask in public let's let's actually cross-examine that we'll study it and see what it does and here's the thing too most most mask people are wearing they're, they're those cloth ones. It's like that'll block, you know, maybe some dust particulate. I think what isn't being pushed hard enough is let's build our immune systems. Let's build our bodies. Like your body, your fortress, if you harden that thing, then yeah, if you do get sick, you can get over it. And now you have antibodies versus let's push really heavy wearing gloves and masks. It's like I'd, I'd rather people focus more on like, what supplements can I take? Should I take magnesium and zinc and vitamin D? Should I go out for walks? Should I start eating a more, what I would say, low carbohydrate, higher animal protein, healthy diet and exercise and hydrate? You know, like those things are going to fortify you. So if you do get sick, because you're not going to stop yourself from getting sick, but if you do get sick, you can get over it and it's not deadly. What I've been reading too is COVID hasn't affected smokers as much as we thought. Mm, that's, it's actually, that's weird yeah it's, it's weird it's actually people with metabolic disorders so you're talking diabetes oh. obesity you know high cholesterol high blood pressure 
or all these chronic disorders. And when we talk, when you guys talk to Dr. Bigman, you know, he relates a lot of that to insulin resistance. Yeah. All of that. That's a metabolic disorder. Your metabolism is not effective. Pre-diabetes alone, there's a hundred million people right now with pre-diabetes. The projections are is that diabetes alone is going to bankrupt the healthcare system. Oh, I can see that. Right? Diabetes increases basically every disease. Your chance of getting cancer. Uh, it's the leading cause of end-stage renal disease. So being on dialysis, uh, heart disease has been going up and up and up. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, diabetes, we are losing the war on it. And people that are diabetic, if you have, let's say you're in the hospital right now, you have COVID, right? Your chance of living. If you do not have diabetes prior, but your sugar goes up during, you have a seven times higher chance of dying. If you do have diabetes and your sugar is higher while you're there, and blood sugar raises when you have infection because it puts, it puts a metabolic stress on the body, and you have a four times chance of dying. Right, those are big numbers. Yeah, those are. And we are a big component of a keto, low carb diet, you know, for our reasons. Or even, you know, a vegetarian, you eat pretty clean. The right, you eat the right way with good, healthy, you know, whole foods, processed whole foods. Hopefully, some eggs. Yeah, right. You need to get some protein. Um, you still can reverse diabetes. Like, what an amazing! I think it's the most amazing disease. Well, that was incredible because that's what Doctor Bigman was saying. He's like, you can, with if people can tap into you know what this this insulin is doing to you you know you can literally reverse diabetes fasting and low carb mm-hmm. dr fung out of uh canada it's from the book the obesity code that's what he talks about he says all all weight gain is is insulin mm-hmm. it's not it's not necessarily blood sugar it's actually insulin is what we need to be looking at that's why he says fasting works because you're not spiking insulin over and over again because that's what we do with the constant snacking the constant eating and oh yeah you know, your body becomes resistant to what insulin can do, which is get sugar into the cell and the nutrients in and out of the cell that need to happen. You know, bodybuilders take insulin. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. Illegally. Yeah. But that's something to get an edge because they can, it has anabolic effects, so growth in the body, so they take insulin. God. Kind of a little known fact because you gain weight from yeah. insulin. Yeah. Right? So they're trying to gain that bulk as well. Uh, kind of interesting. That is. It doesn't yeah. sound healthy. No. no, start playing your body right. like a science experiment. Yeah, it's kind of tough. Yeah. But man, these—I do like a lot of the medical providers I follow in social media and things are thinking outside the box. Like, this is where we need to talk about our health. This is where we need to talk about, you know, we need to challenge. You use this scientific experiment, which means that even though you spend your whole life focusing on one aspect of medicine, like Dr. Rickman. That guy's a humble guy, man. He'll be the first one to tell you, I spent my career and my life focusing on insulin resistance. So obviously, I'm going to have a bias on how strong and impactful this subject is, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you're a heart doctor, you're going to lean in on the heart. Yeah. Right? If you're a colorectal surgeon, you're going to be focusing on that butt. Oh, yeah. It's all about the colon. It's all about the colon. The whole world starts at the colon. Do you remember Seinfeld when the guy was the ass man? No. Oh, there was a doctor. He had a, he had a license plate. He said, ass man. Oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah, was That's boring. nice. But we need to challenge things even though we think what we know is accurate. Mm-hmm. And just have that humbled nature where we can be like, all right, let's go back. Let's look at it. Okay? It took us 50 or 60 years to realize that low fat was bad for us. We need to stop being so naive and so shut off 
on thinking that what we know is the true all. It's it's good to continually to challenge. Yeah. It's okay. If you think a vegetarian diet is the end-all be-all, that's fine. But it's also okay for to challenge. Yeah, right? definitely. Have that humble background be like, we don't really know. We don't always know. We used to think, so when antibiotics came out, there's so many examples of this. When antibiotics came out, um, they were amazing because we used to die in war. We would die more of the post-war infections than actually the war itself. Yeah. Right? And penicillin and Bactrim, sulfa drugs, they did amazing things and saved a ton of lives. Right? Infections used to be a top two uh, killer for us or number one. Now it's not. But now we've given so many antibiotics that they're not effective. And you talk about corona being bad. Just wait until yeah. you have an infection, that antibiotics, like a bacterial one, that spreads even faster and that kills people. Yeah, that you can't take out with amoxicillin. Yeah. We have them in the hospital now. Damn. Yeah, we have resistant drugs that if... I, I had a patient once that had a urine infection that was so resistant, she was automatically hospitalized oh. and put on very serious IV drugs. And you wouldn't know. Like her symptoms weren't that bad. Damn. But so it was just, just resistant to any of the other. It was very resistant. That you have to use very high-powered, um, expensive medications. And you're on medications for weeks. And that's not good for you either. No, it's not. Well, that's got to be so hard on you. That's I know, man. That's the thing is like, I think we should just... I hate when people just take what they hear from either the news or from other stuff and they just run with it like it's like they know now. And now they're the foremost expert on whatever. And I'm like, why don't you question it? Why don't you have an open mind and question it? Not just give in to like, well, you know, Dr. Fauci said this. It's like, well, you know, he could be wrong, you know. And he would probably admit that. And he would, yeah. He says we don't know. That's not the answer you want. Unfortunately, that... That is the answer because we just don't know enough. Look at how we hypothesized hydroxychloroquine. Yeah. Right? Was helpful. There's a new study that came out. It was actually the opposite. There was more, you know, poor outcomes from it. But there's more factors to that. It doesn't mean that. It just means that it's a more complex answer. These are complex problems that take time. See, that's good. I like that you brought that up because it is very complex because it's like, you know, does this work? Do masks work? Well, it's complicated because does social distancing work? Of course distancing ourselves and staying home can be helpful and but it's more complex than just yes or no because it, it did work yeah it, it allowed the hospitals especially like outside of new york yeah and things like that to really prepare our hospitals are prepared here in arizona let us fight the battle yeah because well that's the other thing too is like you know you work in the hospital anthony works in a hospital i know other people in hospitals they're all saying the same thing it's a ghost town it's bad, man. Like, yeah. There's a, a study that came out that, you know, there's a 50% downturn in patients. I'm worried about my urgent care, man. It's private, six locations. I love the job, man. I'm yeah. telling patients, please come in. I have to argue with patients to come in. Because oh, they think they're going to get the Rona? Yeah. And I'm like, no, we see less than... I said, if you go out in public, you have a way higher chance than in my urgent care. Yeah. We go have protocols in place. Yeah. And we have rooms that are quarantined on purpose, meaning that we cohort Corona people together so that we less expose things. You're in and out of the clinic, but you go to Walmart. How long does it take you to get a toilet paper at Walmart? Yeah. A while. So just have an open mind. Realize that we don't know a lot. We still don't know a lot. um, But there are good things coming from COVID. Like a lot of good things. One is it really hasn't affected kids. Yeah, it's good. Okay, because if it affected kids, 
that would be all over the news. Mm-hmm. It would be nothing but Corona's the baby killer. Yeah. <laughs> right? I know. <laughs> Hide your kindergartners because it kills the cute ones. Yeah. <laughs> like think It of likes headlines. the nicest ones. Yeah. How about, let's talk about some of these crappy headlines. Okay. Mm-hmm. The other day it talked about Elizabeth Warren's brother died, which is sad. Yeah. Which I didn't even sad. know that. Okay, Elizabeth Warren. Elizabeth yeah. Warren's in her 60s, I believe. Yeah, I think so. Her brother, I thought, was in the 80s. Oh. Okay, okay. so he's older, and he was already sick. I think he had congestive heart failure. Did he die from cancer. corona? Yes. But he was already, and it doesn't bring down his death, but just don't understand, these headlines are not giving like the accurate, the accurate depiction yeah. of what's going on. The, right? the headline is to hook you. That's what sucks. And to sell something. It sucks, man. They're selling a narrative. Like, yeah. you can't tell me they're not selling a narrative. I mean, that's what they do. They, they're they the news. They're Well, that's what news has become, unfortunately. It's almost like... It's been that way for It's almost time. like we're watching entertainment. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like the news from the 50s, where it was like, there's three channels, they all report just what's happening. There's no shows. It's not like, ooh, now you're a wolf blitzer, live with the Blitzman. Yeah. It's like... Am I watching Fox Sports NFL Sunday or am I watching the news? Like, like what's this whole show with like Rachel Maddow or even like the Sean Hannity hour where he does it? It's like you're watching a television show. Yeah. It's like, is this news or what is this? Like, I don't, I don't get it. It's just entertainment. It's, it's pure entertainment. I just, I get so upset. I can't watch it. So I don't know where to get my news. I try to look outside so the hard. US. I yeah. try to look outside the US. Uh, Tim Pool is a independent journalist that was on Joe Rogan the other day. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. And he just talks about how biased and how horrible the industry is. And he has friends in the industry a ton. But he just talks about how these companies, that's they have no repercussions. No. So if they bring out a headline that's going to sink you in, you're like, oh, okay, Corona did this. But a day later, they apologize. No one cares. No one cares. It already had that impact on you. It yep. already had the impact on what you're going to tell your friends. It already had the impact on you and bringing you down for the day. Then you're like, oh, God, you know, we're going to be shut down until 2025. Yep. It's Mad Max here soon. Like, well, Yeah, they're literally allowed to go on the news and say, by July, 2 million Americans will be dead by July. And then come out the next day and go, well, I guess we, you know, we were wrong, but, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter. Everyone has already gone out there and been like, you know, hide your kids, hide your wife, hide your pet. We're all dying, you know? And it's like, what the hell, man? Yeah. This is bullshit. <laughs> there was there was this uh, Russian that came on a podcast one time. Yeah. And I brought it up, but I thought it was just such a good point. He said that, he comes on, he goes, yeah, you know, in Russia, we're actually, we're actually more aware of what's going on than Americans. I think as American, you're initially like, no way, Russia's so corrupt. That's the exact point. Yeah. So his take was, is that they know the news is so messed up. They know the government is so corrupt, right? Yeah, because they've been dealing with it for a hundred years or longer. Yeah. Centuries. Forever. And But now they know that it's so corrupt that they go to seven different sources before they make an actual opinion. Yeah. In America still to this day, you have people that watch the news and expect that to be real. When you know... That the news has been wrong so many times, probably wrong more often than not. What what makes you believe that? I know. Well, that's the I don't get. I'm like, you're going to listen to Rachel Maddow or Anderson Cooper or Don Lemon or whomever, Sean Hannity. Listen to what they tell you, and you're gonna actually believe in your heart of hearts that those are the cold hard facts. 
and that what they're saying is true, and I'm going to run out there, and I'm going to be a little mouthpiece for them. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, are you joking? They're pure entertainment. There's probably more authenticity in keeping up with the Kardashians than anything you're going to see I would in Major say there is. Honestly. I would say there is. I would believe that. Yeah. It's sad. Yeah. And it's not that you you can't watch it. Just understand what it is. Mm-hmm. Or think to yourself, if you are going to watch it, you know, because I read news articles all the time. I'll go to MSN, read news articles. But I always think to myself, like, what is the purpose of this article? It's not the headline. What are they trying to do here? What are they saying? What words are they using? You know? And when you really look at it in that way, you can kind of be like, hmm, that was interesting. I'll... I'll take the information they're giving me because there's got to be some truth maybe sprinkled in there mm-hmm. or or this thing happened, but what are they trying to do with it? You know, what's their game plan here? And just have an open mind. I actually enjoy the comments. Yeah. Because you're actually getting a sense of how certain people What feel. people think? A little bit. And they're harsh and they're tough and they're against each other and sparking issues and whatever, but you do get a sense it's funny to see an article that'll talk about how Trump has lowered uh, poll ratings, but then in the comments, there's a bunch of Trump pro supporters, which I don't know if it's accurate at all, but it's just weird. Yeah. Right? A lot of people disagree there in the comments with the article. I'm like, well, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. And then how you just use these big fancy terms like, oh, this poll said this. Well, who did the poll? I know. Was it just, were these, are these even just straight made up? I think a lot of them are. That's what I was saying, dude. I saw this stuff on Facebook. It was like, I'm an ER nurse. I had corona. Let me tell you, this is not your normal cold and flu. And then the 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 whole post, what's been shared, you know, one million times, it looks like it's written by Stephen King, like a, just a world-renowned author because oh, it's really? like the most beautifully written thing. And it's about 10 pages long, you know. And you're like, I'm pretty sure this is completely fake. I think this is totally fake. I think this is a bot. I think this is made up. And I think it just got shared a billion times because someone paid a shitload of money to boost it around Facebook and Instagram. And then your average Joe just reads it. And if they're on that side of the line, they go, see, this ER nurse is saying it. Share, share, share. And then you get the, because then you have that. And then you have the other side of the article of the line that's fake too. You get some post about a guy who's like, I had it and it was fun. It wasn't even sick and yada, yada. And then that gets a billion shares. And it's just the same thing. It was like even with the Trump election, you found out that there was like literally hundreds of thousands of Twitter accounts made, Facebook accounts made, and they're all like bots, bot accounts, either pro-Hillary, pro-Trump, just trying to make, stir up confrontation, stir up fights stir up all sorts of shit. It's actually bots from other countries too, like well, Russia, yeah. Russia, China, Tons. cause issues They're all doing China. it. And we do it to them. Mm-hmm. We do it to them. We yeah. make up fake accounts and we, we act, go infiltrate. We yeah. Right. It's called, uh, what is it, like uh, agent provocateur? Have you heard that term? <laughs> no. It's uh-huh. like a CIA tactic. So an agent provocateur would be an agent that infiltrates another country. So like they would go to China and they try to assimilate and get into the society, but then they try to, you know, cause disruption from the inside. They try to like plant new stories or do this or do that. And they, they stir up drama because that's how you take down a country Mm -hmm. is you, you work your way in and then you just cause drama. It's way easier to break something down from within than to, you know, go to war with him, you know, roll 50 tanks into their 
capital and that's the trojan horse yeah right yeah how did, trojan you, horse. how did they take down the city yeah they plant they got the people in had didn't have an ungodly amount of people yep but enough to just disrupt because they didn't go against those hard walls those boundaries and, and that's what happened i mean that's why mark zuckerberg with facebook it was like I mean, Facebook was totally infiltrated, hacked by all these, all these people, and all these things, and like no one even remembers. But how many billions and billions of it of information was given out? People's personal information was oh. stolen and hacked from Facebook. And Mark Zuckerberg basically went before the Capitol and was like, "Oh uh, yeah, we're sorry, and we we changed, and we'll pay." I think he paid some crazy fine. It was like an ins- absurd amount of money. If I can find it, like it's this, cra- and that's all he did. And everyone's like, "Yeah, it's okay. We lost all our information to." We you lost know. it ten times over. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's there's, all in there's here. There's no way. It's out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna look. How much did Mark Zuckerberg? Did you hear his trial too? Zucker. Oh yeah. Oh, it was just pay in fines. Let's see what Google says. Facebook hit with five billion federal fine for privacy violations. Wow. Yeah, so he had to pay a five billion dollar fine because hmm. of all the leaked privacy. Five billion, yeah, but it's nothing to him, and it's like, yeah. and you know what'll happen? He'll fight and appeal and fight and appeal and fight and appeal, and he'll pay maybe a billion. Get it down. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. It's just crazy. It is. It is crazy. That's the thing, too, because when you read the comments, too, you think people are so against each other. But I never see that in real life. No, it's not It's not nearly, like, like as I'll, volatile as I'll they make it. I'll have two patients, man. Like, strict conservative, strict liberal, right? You know what we want to ha- perfectly have. Yeah. Blue, red, right, left, uh, top, bottom, whatever, that are against each other. And I'm telling you, they're a lot more in the middle. Mm-hmm. It's not like the news depicts. It's not I, like the comments depict. No. I don't see that. I think most people, too, the funny thing is like the majority of people, they don't even know what's going on or care. Because too, they busy. have their own lives to yeah, live. You're too busy. And yeah. I know people get mad at that. And they're like, you should be informed. and You should vote. and You should do this. And I'm like, yeah, but a lot of people are working 50, 60 hours a week. They just want to they they go to a movie with their family. They just want to have a meal with their kids. Mm-hmm. They, they work so much. They don't get to see each other. Like They just want to sit down, crack a beer, and enjoy some, some time to themselves. They're not going to get off work and do two hours of research on what's going on with the Russian investigation. You know, and it's like, yeah. you know, it's you like spend most hours, people don't care. You might spend two hours and still not actually get to the and he wouldn't even know i read the Mueller report it's like yeah okay, okay. did you all right how much is that worth your time <laughs> it's 400 pages like i'd rather read harry potter yeah the reason i look <laughs> the impeachment of trump i'm like look just beat him in election yeah beat him in this election choose a candidate that can remember his name yeah choose a candidate who doesn't have dementia <laughs> please can yeah. you just choose a semi-moderate candidate Candidate. Yeah. So someone that's not going to just do the Green New Deal, which you think our economy is bad now. You did the Green New Deal. You would you would put us into an instant depression. Well, it's, you know, what's the term for that? Um, an ideologue. So someone in mm-hmm. politics, you're a strict ideologue. So someone like, let's say AOC, she's, she's somewhat of an ideologue. So it's like kumbaya, everything should be this, that, and the other. She can point out some major flaws in, in politics and in business, but it's like, Okay, but we do have to go to work here. You know, like, if you want to pass a bill in Congress, I'm no political expert, but let's just say you want to pass a bill in Congress, you, no matter what you believe in, 
you have to give on a lot of stuff and whatever you want to pass, you will be passing a watered down version and there's going to be stuff in it that you don't even really believe in, but it was what you had to do to maybe get something else that you did believe in. Mm -hmm. And that's like the shitty nature of politics. But then you have these ideologues who are like, no, I'll vote no on everything that's not this. And then you get Bernie Sanders who 40 years in Congress, I believe his name was only on three major pieces of legislation i think two of them actually not even three major ones three pieces of legislation that he passed two of them were renaming like post offices oh yeah <laughs> you know it's like i don't know man like it's just crazy that's just the nature of politics it's nuts yeah and we've been actually interviewing we've interviewed two politicians so far we have that are yeah. local local what, mayors vice mayor and what's so cool about them first of all shout out to the mayor of avondale ken wise ken wise yep and then the vice mayor of peoria who has a great sense of humor amazing sense guy. of humor mike uh, finn mike finn yep and both of them are working jobs working raising full-time families jobs. Yep. they live in the community they're in like those are the politicians that's what the politicians were meant to be congress actually was not meant to be a full-time job originally it was meant i think by the you know we always say the the founders constitution it was not meant for that the first president yeah. had military time there was a reason for that george washington yeah he had military time most of the main ones had military time why right if you're gonna be talking about military topics give me a tulsi gabbard or give me a dan crenshaw yeah right you you're having a change in politics i don't oh, think yeah. it's going to be the same because they already have a 20 percent approval rating you can be left right up down green yellow whatever these parties are they're all messed up. Well, that's the other thing, too. The, the problem is there's a lot of people, I think, maybe not a lot, but there's a good handful of people who could effectively probably execute the job of being the president in just a strict, like, business CEO type of way or, like, a general type of way, you know? But maybe they're not super charismatic. Maybe they're not super popular. Maybe... You know, because that's all it is. If you want to be president, it is a uh, popularity contest. Strict popularity It's contest. always been that way. It's always been that that's way. That's what a vote is. Yeah. And so the problem votes, yeah. with a job like that is it's a popularity contest. It's who can get the most support. And so you're never going to get like someone who could, you know, literally be like a super effective, great CEO come in, just do four years and get out. Because then, then you have no incentive to just campaign the whole time. You have no incentive. You just come in, you do a job, you leave. That's the kind of job you need. I mean, like, have someone come in for two, three years, do some really good stuff, and get the hell out of there. Get someone new in. Yeah. You know? But, I mean, I don't even know. Like, what do I know? We're just a couple dudes. We're just a couple We're dudes. We're just a couple and sometimes dudes. that opinion's good. Yeah. I think. I think that's what we are. Right, and we have some things we're interested in. We like promoting good men. We talked about that. We like mental health. We like just interviewing people locally, like getting an actual story for these real people making real impact. Yeah, big right? time. I mean, if we could get Bernie Sanders on, I'd love it someday. That'd be great. Yeah. I just want to hear about it. I just want to see him point at me with his crooked finger and yell at me. Yeah, I want that. Feel good. I want Biden to yell at you me. You know who gives the best speeches? I was on a run the other day, and I was like, God, you know who gives the best speeches? Ooh. Bernie Sanders and Bane from Batman. They're very similar. Are they? Yeah. Like Bane when he's at the, you know, in uh, the Dark Knight Rises before when he blows up the the whole football stadium and he's like, I'm going to give everything back to you, the people. Oh, yeah. You're like, oh, it's like Bernie Sanders. They give good speeches, you know, that you feel good. You feel like everything's going to be okay. Yeah. It's, it's not based on reality, but it's no. like, you know, it's a feel good speech. <sighs> Those topics are so hard. <laughs> 
God, they're so hard. I know. I can't imagine having to take a point because instantly you make you you even you think about it so much and try to be so neutral in the middle, oh, and someone still hates your opinion. Someone will hate you. But yeah. we all got opinions, just like our butts. Yeah, we do. We all got one, and they yeah, stink. Yeah, we do. Well, we are in an hour. So here we are, man. May 1st coming up. We still don't know in Arizona. We still don't know. What's going to happen. We don't. But know. I'm grateful to be in the times we're at. I hope that we open sooner than later. Yep. Um, we're still learning a lot. I'm actually personally a part of a big study. That's pretty exciting. Mm. That's going to provide really good results. Yeah, you are. Yeah. I so, can't wait to hear about that. The way it works is... It's it's going to basically we're looking at the you know providers that have been exposed obviously being in the hospital setting, and the first month is going to be an NP swab so nasopharyngeal swab and blood, which is going to look at the potential antibodies and see if you've been exposed in the past and do these antibodies maintain and are they effective? Mm. So for a period of up to three months, so it's pretty exciting. That is a lot exciting. of these tests they're using results on aren't effective, like the pin the pinprick one for antibodies. It's not a great test. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a good one. Yeah. They're actually drawing our serum and freezing it Ooh. for three months, being able to track the blood. And That's the thing exciting. with anything humans touch, there will be human error, yeah. right? And I think we should just be more open-minded and just be... Learn to sit on a fence. I like that. Yeah. Sit on the fence. Like you're about sit to jump, but you haven't jumped yet? Just sit on the fence. Hear both sides. And then make a decision. Do you want to end? Do you want to end with a quote? We should end with a quote. Okay. This is funny. So I read it, but it was: uh, if we start being honest about our pain, our anger, and our shortcomings, instead of pretending they don't exist, then maybe we'll leave the world a better place than we found it. But it was quoted as Russell Wilson, and I'm like, is that the quarterback? I think so. Wow. Really? Wow. He's deep. Yeah. He's I w- reflective. I wouldn't doubt it. I think that happens when you win a Super Bowl. Just, you know. He's just a good guy. You can just become a monk after that. It's funny how even Cardinal fans, like, hate the whole team. Yeah. But the first response is, I really like Russell. I like, okay, let me let me get the record straight. I like Russell Wilson. Hey, he's, a, he's a Jesus man. I've been Seahawks. Great guy. Stepdad. Hate the Hawks. But you know what? That Russell Wilson guy, he's yeah. a man of God. He's actually 5'11". He's 5'. That's what I like about him. He's short. He's good. He's Mighty Mouse on the field. <laughs> He's always smiling. Yeah. Great hair. This is sweetie. Raised by a great family. Oh. Proud to pay his taxes. Yeah. Yeah. He pays those taxes in Seattle. Yeah. Because you know they take like 80% of his taxes. Oh, and yeah. yeah. Athletes. Oh, mm-hmm. God. And they like lose like 50% of it. Yeah. Yeah. People get mad. They're like, $100 million contract. I'm like, he'll see 20. Yeah, because then they have agents. He'll literally see 20. Yeah. They lose it's a not 100. And then they're in that lifestyle. It's hard to maintain. Yeah, I mean, how do you, but, nothing but. Hey, we're just a couple dudes. Though. Just we're a couple dudes. Full time jobs, and you know, right now a hobby that we're trying to build into something. So blow it up worldwide. Spread our message, guys. All right. We you can reach us on Instagram, Facebook. You can catch us on the podcast forums like Spotify, uh, iTunes, and Podbean. Yep, which we just do plenty of live episodes too. Yeah, just look up Jacked. J-A-K-D. J-A-K-D. Right. Just a couple dudes. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks, guys.